Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 23 of Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today we have a really great episode. Because Andrew, the NFL, it's only three weeks away from being over. And the week is already partially done. So Andrew, we have just over three weeks left in the NFL regular season. Andrew, the main story among the entire sports world, baseball, basketball, and especially football, Andrew, is it sadly it has been since the very first day we started this podcast, has been the coronavirus. Andrew, the NBA and NFL are absolutely reeling with cases as both leagues have had to postpone or cancel multiple games. Andrew, the NFL is absolutely insane with COVID right now. Let me just name some key players that are not able to play this week because of COVID, among possibly other things. Christian McCaffrey, Andy Dalton, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, Chris Jones, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Jalen Waddell, Sean Payton, the Saints coach, Elijah Moore, Tyler Lockett. I'm guessing you recognized at least maybe one of those names and every single one of those guys has the coronavirus or was exposed to someone with the coronavirus. And those are only the biggest players in the league. Andrew, when you look at who actually in the entire league is COVID, it is absolutely incredible. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. Four players not able to play because of COVID. The Bears, 12. The Browns, 20 guys, including their head coach, are not able to be on the field this week because of COVID. You look at the Texans, nine players. You look at the Rams, 19 players. Andrew, this is mentally insane. Vikings, seven players. The Saints, their head coach. The Giants, eight players. Jets, five players. This is absolutely crazy. Washington football team, 19 players. Absolutely crazy. Andrew, there is over 100 players in COVID protocols right now, which means, again, they have COVID. Or they've been exposed to someone with COVID. This is absolutely crazy. Andrew, if you're in charge of the NFL or you have the power to make decisions in the NFL, what can they do? I mean, if it was earlier in the season, I would have said, you know what? Maybe wait a week. Maybe have everyone not play for one whole week just to get healthy, just uh, social distance and get everyone healthy. But you know what? We're so close to the playoffs. And I know it's weird to think about, but every single week is important. Because let's say you postponed one week. You can't not have teams play their last games because then you'll find that teams won't play their every team in their division twice. And then... If you try to rework it, teams aren't playing a good team. And then it's just not fair. And you might say, well, can we just skip another week? Other than that, it's just the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, maybe you could skip the Pro Bowl because that's what you did last year. But I feel like players were missing that so much. And you just really cannot miss that. So I just feel like if it was earlier, you could have done something. But you know what? It's happening now. And to be honest, really just got to fight through. The NFL has been postponing games from Sunday to Monday. Or Saturday to Sunday, or even games. Right, I remember this last year. We have Tuesday night games this year. I am so excited for football on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And right, Tuesday night, we have a doubleheader. Now, this week is going to be crazy. Hopefully, this is our only Tuesday night games all year. But, Ryan, I tell you, it is not looking good for this NFL. Ryan, if the COVID numbers keep going up, I think they might be forced to postpone the season or at least postpone it for a couple of weeks. But, Ryan, let's get into some big NFL news. Ryan, so last week we're looking at especially the top teams in the AFC. Now, Ryan, 
Both the top two teams, the Patriots and the Chiefs, played already this week. The Patriots played last night against the Colts, and the Chiefs played on Thursday night football against the Chargers. Ryan, do we have a new number one team in the AFC? Or Ryan, is it more of the same with the Bill Belichick just dominating? Well, yeah, Andrew, both games were great games in my opinion. On Thursday night, it was the Chiefs versus the Chargers. Big divisional matchup. The Chiefs were at the time one game ahead of the Chargers. If they would have won, they would have tied the Patriots for first seed in the NFC or in the AFC. If they would have lost, then they wouldn't have even been first in their division. So that game was extremely important. And Andrew, it was a dogfight from the beginning. Both teams battling it out. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, some of the brightest young stars in our game today. Two great teams, two great offenses. And Andrew, when it really came down to it, the Chiefs passing offense was just too much as they connected for a great touchdown drive at the end of the fourth quarter to send it to overtime. And then in overtime, took it for a nice long touchdown drive to end it right there. Andrew, the Chiefs got this win. What do you think it means for the Chiefs going forward to be able to get this important divisional win? I mean, Ryan, don't get me wrong. This is huge for the Chiefs to get a very good win, especially this late in the season. Because when it's early... And the Chiefs were doing bad. People were saying, ah, oh, come on. But you know what? It's a very long season. We've seen this team come back in even games before. They were down by three-plus touchdowns. Remember the 2018-2019 playoffs? But at this point, if you lose a close game, your season is basically over. Especially if it's close. And Ryan, they almost did that against the Chargers. But you know what? They came through. A win is a win. It doesn't matter how close the other team was. And you know what? The important thing for the Chiefs, I think, right now, is they have their eyes set on that first round bye. They really want to get that number one seed in the AFC, so they do not have to play in the first round. So, their eyes were all on last night's games between the Colts and the Patriots. Ryan, a lot of people were saying, watch out for the Colts, okay? Because Jonathan Taylor has been insane. Ryan, what happened last night? Yeah, Andrew, in the Patriots-Colts game last night, it was crazy. We saw the Colts jump back to a 7-0 lead, which wasn't surprising. But then, when the Patriots were trying to come back, and they had a punt from deep in their own field, the Colts blocked it and returned it for a touchdown. The Colts got up 14-0 in the first quarter. We thought, okay, that's it for the Colts scoring now. There's no way they can keep on mounting more points against this stout Patriot defense. But Andrew... I might say the Patriots defense had their worst game of the season as they gave up a season-high 27 points in a really, really, really tough loss. Andrew, the Patriots offense was completely out of sync this game. But Andrew, you ask why, and most fans would say, well, Mac Jones wasn't that good. But Andrew, if you really watch the Patriots normal, you really like to watch the NFL, you would know that they've had games where Mac Jones has had records for some of the worst games ever, and they've still won by significant margins. And you know why? Because of their run game. Andrew, this team leans on the run like anyone would lean on anything. They love to run the ball so much. They do it so efficiently. They do it better than any team in the league, I'd say. And Andrew, you might say, wait, Patriots don't have that good of a running back, right? And you're right. But what they do best is they have a lot of different guys that can do a lot of different stuff. And their main guy who they like a lot is Damian Harris. I believe second year running back out of Alabama. And Andrew, the problem why this game, it didn't go so well. Damian Harris was out for the game because of the coronavirus. Or no, because of an MCL sprain, which may keep him out for more weeks. 
which made them go to the backup, Ramondre Stevenson, who's good but not as good, which made the team not really be able to run the ball as much, which made them have to lean on the passing game, which they really don't like to do. And again, this Colts team isn't horrible, but Andrew, last week I was saying I don't really expect the Colts to make the playoffs, and I'm not really sure if I do right now. And the Patriots had a tough loss then. Again, the Patriots, they probably need to win every game from now on if they want to beat the Chiefs just because right now, Patriots are one game behind the Chiefs, and I really don't see the Chiefs losing another game. They have probably the most momentum in the league right now over the Patriots, and I don't see that stopping really anytime soon. Andrew, speaking of the Colts, right now, as we've been talking about for a while, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. What teams do you feel like are going to be able to make the playoffs in this tough AFC outside of the number one seeds? I mean, Ryan, I think the first seed is going to be the Chiefs. Second seed is going to be the Patriots. Then, when I'm looking at the schedule, or when I'm looking at the standings, I see the Colts and the Chargers, who are both 8-6. and six. Okay, so let's just say that they both get the two wild, that they both get the two wild cards. Ryan, we see the Titans, surprisingly, at 9-4. and four. Now, when Derrick Henry went out, I believe they were something in three. I think they had three losses, maybe two losses. Ryan, a lot of people thought that they wouldn't survive this season. They thought that they might not win another game this year. But Ryan, they've kind of hung around. But Ryan, Derrick Henry, I don't know. There have been a lot of reports on him, and correct me if I'm wrong, but people are saying he might be back in the last week of the regular season and then for the playoffs. Now, Ryan, that could be really big for this Titans team. If, let's say, they could pull out even a wild card just to get into the playoffs, to be honest, Derrick Henry, I think, is that good that the Titans with Derrick Henry, I think I give them my favor to beat the Patriots in the first round. Ryan, am I talking crazy or no? Well, Andrew, let me just back up. Again, when you're saying with the Titans and injured guys coming back, you look at this team. At the start of the season, we said they have Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. If all three guys are healthy, they could be the best team in the AFC. And Andrew, I believe Julio Jones has been in and out this entire year. A.J. Brown is on injured reserve and probably won't return in the regular season. And obviously, a lot of us know the situation going on with Derrick Henry, where he got injured in week five or six, and he hasn't been back since, and he might be back at the end of the regular season, and he might be back if they make it to the playoffs. But Andrew, if Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry are all on the field, the question you brought up remains. Are they able to beat really, really good teams? Because Derrick Henry can control the run game, and if it's a shootout at the end of the game, Tannehill to A.J. Brown or Julio Jones, I like that a lot more than Mac Jones to Jacoby Myers or I don't even know who, Hunter Henry, I guess. I like this Titans team if their guys are healthy. This team has learned to play without their best players, but what happens when their best players come back? That is a question that remains to be seen, but let's look ahead to some other interesting matchups in the NFC. Andrew, the NFC, it continues to look like it's down to five teams. Again, we see the Cardinals, the Packers, the Rams, the, and the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers. No team looks like they're really in danger of any team behind them, but they're all kind of fighting with each other. As the Rams and Cardinals are currently separated by just one game in the NFC West, the winner possibly even getting the number one seed, and the loser going to end up with the five seed and is going to have to end up playing one of those other teams that will probably sadly result in a loss. So that is something very important. But Andrew, when we look at the wild cards, it is absolutely crazy. I know I talked about this last week, but I've just got to talk about it again. When we look at NFC teams that are 7-6, and six, we see one team, the San Francisco 49ers. 
But when we look at teams that are 6-7, and seven, we see one team that is 6-7. The Washington football team, the Eagles, 2. We see the Vikings, 3. And then we see the Falcons, 4, and the Saints, 5. Andrew, we have five teams in the NFC all tied for that 7th playoff spot. Andrew, with four weeks left to go, every single one of these teams has four games left this season. The 49ers have the 60 by only one game. Andrew, if you had to put money on who is going to be the seventh seed of those five teams that are all tied, which teams are going to be? I mean, it all comes down to schedule and who has the easiest schedule. Now, I'm not sure who has the easiest schedule, but Ryan, I think, to be honest, we could be looking at a Washington football team. Now, one thing that I always hate about these borderline playoff teams is that, to be honest, there's maybe only three teams in the league that I would give them a guaranteed win against. Probably just the Lions, the Jets, and the Texans. But Ryan, with a team like the Washington football team, or the Vikings, or the Eagles, or the Panthers, or the Saints, I feel like there are so little teams that I'm like, yes, yes, we get to play this team, easy win. That's not named the Detroit Lions, which the Vikings can't even beat. But for the Watch football team, I think they could easily go 3-1 and one over their next games. They get to play the, e- they get to play the Eagles, then the Cowboys, then the Eagles again, and then the Giants. Now, that could go really well for them. If they could beat the Eagles both times and the Giants, that's 3-1 and one after losing to the Cowboys. But Ryan, with the Eagles side of it, they have that exact same schedule, just instead of obviously playing themselves, they have to play the Washington football team. So Ryan, if let's say the Eagles beat the Washington football team both times, and then they beat the Giants, but I would say lose to the Cowboys, Ryan, we can see the Eagles in the playoffs. Now, we could also be looking at the Vikings, where we get to play the Bears twice, which we should be able to beat both times, but then we have to play the Packers and the Rams. But wait, something that we always have to remember is that who do teams play in the last week? Because if you play a really good team, that could be an easy win if that team is good enough that that team is going to be resting its players. So then we have to look at who's going to play the top teams. So maybe you want to play a good team in the last week. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. But at this point, really, we do not know. I guess, I don't know, the Saints have been pretty good, but they're not really playing that well. Maybe the Panthers, I don't know. Both of those teams, I think, could do well. But we just got to move on. Ryan, tell me, just give me four possible teams that you think we could be watching first week of February in the Super Bowl play against each other for the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, when I look at this AFC, again, as we've been saying for about, I'd say, just the last week, I think it's between the Chiefs and the Patriots. I mean, these teams are so insanely well-rounded. The best offense in the league and the best defense in the league. I mean, don't get me wrong. Would it shock me if a team like the Chargers makes it? No. Would it shock me if a fully healthy Titans team makes it? A little, but not that much. But Andrew, it's got to be the Chiefs or the Patriots. Patrick Mahomes versus the best defense in the league, Bill Belichick. That would be a matchup I would love to see. I hate the Patriots, so I hope the Chiefs win that. But it would be a fascinating matchup to watch. Andrew, in the NFC, again, it's down to those five teams. As I said before, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys. 
Now you might say, Ryan, you're kind of ducking the question, which you're right, I am. Because all five of those teams are just within one and a half games. So I really don't want to try to pick one of them. But if I have to, I guess I would go with the Packers. I mean, I think they want this more than any other team. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best players in the league. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, amazing. They're starting to get A.J. Dillon into it. Their defense is one of the best in the league. I love this Packers team. Andrew, we have to move on to basketball, as we've been already talking for about 17 minutes. So let's move on. Andrew, Saturday with the NBA, it's a very similar story. They're being absolutely ravaged by the coronavirus. The Toronto Raptors have been greatly hurt. A lot of teams have been really hurt by the coronavirus, and some teams have even postponed games or limited stadium capacity. Andrew, this is nowhere near as bad as the NBA. But speaking of COVID news in the NBA, if you remember this guy, that's pretty impressive. Kyrie Irving, point guard for the Nets. He was just reinstated by the team and will be able to play in some away games. Andrew, this is absolutely huge for the Nets as they have been really good this year. But again, there's still a lot of room for improvement there. And with the amount of inconsistency we've seen from those players, it would be huge to be able to get another guy on that team. So, Andrew, when we look at this Nets team, if they have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge, what do you see in the future for this team? I mean, you've been talking about with the two guys, James Harden and Kevin Durant. What's going to happen? But what's going to happen if you throw Kyrie Irving into that? Andrew, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, currently, I think, I don't know. I feel like everyone keeps on saying this team is so good. This team is so talented. They're so far above everyone else because they got those three superstars. But, obviously, then Kyrie leaves. But you know what? I think that even with Kyrie back, how good are they going to be? If he's only playing in about 25% of their games, and people forget, but he really has not played in an NBA game in almost a year. And then... People are saying, well, he's still Kyrie. He's going to be at least better than Bruce Bowen or whoever they're currently starting at. Point guard or shooting guard, whichever one Harden's not at. And you know what? You're probably right. But you know what? I don't think that Kyrie should even be a guaranteed starter. Now, don't get me wrong. He's still an insane player. He's still Kyrie Irving. That's still his name. But when you leave basketball for at least a couple months and then... You expect to be right back in and right back at that all-star slash MVP level? I just don't see it. I mean, I'm a huge Kyrie fan on the court. Off the court, he makes a lot of questionable decisions. But on the court, I think his play is phenomenal. But you know what? I just don't know if he can keep it up. I just think it's going to be incredibly hard for him to come back at the level he was playing at last year. And I really am really skeptical of this Nets team, even with Kyrie. In my opinion, one guy who's got to raise his game is James Harden. Kevin Durant is playing at an MVP level. He is really playing at an MVP level. And to be honest, it is true what people say is that him and Curry, they will rule this league for the last decade and the next decade. And I completely agree that Kevin Durant is at least the top four player in this league. James Harden, going into this season, people are saying he's amazing. And yeah, he's still a very good player. But, I don't know. He is not playing as well as he could. But, enough about the Nets. I don't know. You already know my opinion. They could be a lot better. But, Rod, when we look at the NBA standings in the Eastern Conference, the Nets are still first place in the East. Now, you might say, when they add Kyrie, they're going to be the best team in the league. 
I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like something about this Nets team, they just, they don't seem to use the help that they get. Like, when they got Harden, people were saying, automatic champions. Automatic. But you know what? They didn't even get that much better. Like, yeah, they had a really good season. They got the two seed in the East last year. But if you can't do well in the playoffs, it's all for nothing. Ryan, the Bulls and the Cavs are still the two and three seeds. Ryan, they're both only two and a half games behind the Nets. Ryan, the Bulls, I guess you could say that. But the Cavaliers? Ryan, tell me, why is this Cavaliers team ahead of the Bucks, the Heat, and the number three seed in the entire Eastern Conference? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, I think you'd have got to look at the rookie sensation, Evan Mobley. I mean, this guy at center has been one of the best players in the league. And Andrew, when you look at the twin towers they have there, two of the best centers in the league, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Both of these guys might not put up 20 points per game, but these guys are basically locked for 10 rebounds and two blocks and one steal and about 10 points a game. That is great for two centers on your team. And Andrew, again, guys are stepping up at the right time. I mean, when you look at the guys that are doing well on this roster, if you would have told me this five years ago, I would have said you're crazy. Half of these guys, I would have thought either weren't in the league or retired. I mean, you see Ricky Rubio, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love. I mean, what is going on with this team? I mean, this is absolutely crazy. How are these guys leading a playoff, high playoff caliber team? I mean, this is crazy. When I talk about the Bulls not having a superstar, this team makes the Bulls look like the best team of all time. Andrew, the Cavs, I don't know what is going on. Andrew, I feel like this is a lot like what we were talking about at the beginning of the season with the Wizards. But Andrew, the Wizards have slightly fallen off. They're the seventh seed, half a game above 500. But Andrew, when you look at the Cavaliers, they've gotten so much better. I mean, Andrew, this team is 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. That is absolutely crazy. I mean, I just don't get how this team is doing so well. I mean... Maybe Lowry Markinen. Maybe, I mean, Ricky Rubio's been good. But, I mean, this is crazy. I mean, I don't think I can even name 10 guys on this team right now. I mean, this team is just full of guys that are just completely revamping their career, which is absolutely crazy. Andrew, another big thing on the NBA right now is that when we look to the Western Conference, I see two big things going on. The first thing, Andrew, is that without... Knowing it beforehand, Andrew, who do you think are the best teams in the West right now? I mean, we always just talk about the Suns and the Warriors, so I guess it would be them, since they are just both playing amazing. Stephen Curry is just playing at MVP level. But Ryan, we have to talk about what happened just a couple of nights ago with Stephen Curry. Ryan, Stephen Curry broke the all-time three-point record in the NBA. Stephen Curry now has the most three-pointers in NBA history. And you might say, cool. I mean, that makes sense. He's a very good shooter. But Ryan, the old record was held by Ray Allen, who played about, I think, 600 more games than Stephen Curry to reach that record. Ryan, Curry just broken the record. I think it's 2,776 or somewhere around there. Ryan, Curry is... Just an insane people cheer. Congratulations to him. And, but you know what? He's still got at least five or six years left in the league. And if he's anything like LeBron James, it could be seven to eight. Ryan, Stephen Curry could make this record impossible to beat. Ryan, just real fast, since we want to get back to that 
interesting Western Conference. Tell me, of all the guys today, who do you think has the best chance to reach Stephen Curry's new three-point record? Yeah, I mean, Andrew, I think there's two categories right now. You see guys that have already made a lot of progress, like a guy like James Harden, or a guy like Carmel Anthony, or Kevin Durant. But Andrew, I just feel like it's too far. Those guys, a lot of them are already older than Steph Curry, so I don't really see them outpacing him for the rest of his career. And Andrew, to be honest, I don't think a single guy playing right now is going to beat Stephen Curry's three-point record. But if I had to choose, I'd say, as we talk about with a lot of things, it's got to be between Trey Young and Luka Doncic. I mean, these guys are insane. If I had to choose, it's definitely Luka Doncic. But I wouldn't be shocked if Trey Young would play. I mean, a lot of people compare these two guys. I mean, they both have absolutely mind-boggling three-point range. And these both guys knock it down at a very high clip and take a lot of threes per game. But I think Luka Doncic has got to be in first. This guy looks like he could easily be a top 30 player all time. This guy is just absolutely incredible. Very exciting to see what he does next. But Andrew, getting back to the Western Conference, as I was trying to get at, we see the Warriors at the top. We see the Jazz. We see the Suns. We see the Clippers at the five seed. No surprise there. We don't see the Nuggets real that close to the top, but they're still the seven seed. We see the Blazers around there. But Andrew, one team that I'm absolutely floored is there is the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, Andrew, the Grizzlies are the four seed. They were half a game behind the Jazz and only three or four games behind the Suns and Warriors. Andrew, do you see the Grizzlies team making it far? Or is this just beginner's luck? I mean, Ryan, I just feel like something that, we, or that I personally really noticed last year is how many interesting guards this team has. I mean, you got to look past John Morant, and then you get to see Desmond Bain and D'Anthony Melton. And Ryan, both of these guys have really come into their own in this league. I mean... I'm not going to say that they're all-stars or, to be honest, starting caliber, but both of these guys putting up 13, 14 points and 4 or 5 assists, Ryan, I don't know, this team could be very good this year. And then we see Steven Adams, who I don't really like anymore. I just feel like his playing style is not what the NBA should be having or whatever. But I just feel like this Grizzlies team, then you have Jared Jackson Jr., who is a phenomenal power forward, who is definitely worth the wait with all those injuries last year. I don't know. I just feel like this Grizzlies team, especially once they get John Morant back, wow, this team is going to be really hard to beat. Now, I'm not saying this team is on the level of the Nuggets or the Jazz or the Suns or the Warriors, but I'd say I think they are a playoff team. Ryan, tell me, in the Western Conference, I don't know. We do this a lot, but tell me which team who's currently not in the playoffs do you like maybe eating their way in, let's say, after the eight seed? Yeah, I mean, Andrew, when you look after the eight seed, you see you really can see the Trailblazers. I mean, when you look at Damian Lillard and what he's been doing this year, he's struggled, but he's definitely coming into his own. And, Andrew, he's battling with a lot of injuries. So I feel like if this guy can get healthy, he's going to be a really great player to really lead this team very far into the playoffs, even though they probably won't make it super far. I still think they have a good chance to make it into the playoff picture, even though right now they're at the 11 seed and only playing at a 400, at a 40% win percentage, which is not very good. Andrew, moving on from the NBA, or sorry, just one more thing about the NBA. Andrew, when we look at the Lakers, again, we keep on talking about the Lakers every week. It feels like that's a lot of the stuff we talk about, but rightfully so. This team is absolutely crazy like the Nets. And Andrew, again, we finally saw LeBron James come back this week from his COVID stint. 
Russell Westbrook's finally healthy. Things look to be turning around for them until Anthony Davis goes down with a sprained MCL. He'll be out for four plus weeks. Andrew, this is a huge loss to the Lakers, but different people have differing opinions. I mean, in some people's opinions, he's the only good player on this team. And in some people's opinions, he's the one that's holding them down this year. Andrew, how much do you think this will really affect the Lakers? I mean, to be honest, anytime any team loses a player, it is a huge blow. Brian, I just write to this Lakers team who's really tried to figure out who they are as a team with their three superstars all on the court and how they're going to be a championship team. This is terrible. This is just terrible. Yeah, and to the Lakers right now, they really have to find guys to score. I mean, as we were also saying, they have a lot of guys struggling with health too. I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker also was in COVID protocol, who was a decent player when LeBron was out. And to the Lakers, they've got to turn it around fast. Not like they have to go on a 20-game win streak right here, nothing like that, but they've got to make sure they're winning more games than they lose. And right now, that is a very not-so-challenging feed for them, and they are making it look pretty challenging. Andrew, hopefully the Lakers can turn around. But in the meantime, let's turn it over to college football. Andrew, again, the regular season is over. The championship games for each conference is over, and we are into bowl season. Now, Andrew, normally there are many, many college football games on New Year's Day, some on Christmas, and most on each Saturday in between now and the beginning of January. So definitely watch then. But Andrew, right now, when we look at a lot of the bowls that have happened so far, we haven't really seen any big games. I mean, so far, just a couple of that have happened. We saw Middle Tennessee we saw Middle Tennessee beat Toledo, Coastal Carolina beat Northern Illinois, Western Kentucky beat Appalachian State, South Carolina State beat Jackson State, Fresno State beat UTEP, and this was a huge upset. Number 13 overall, BYU lost to unranked UAB. I don't even know what UAB stands for. Liberty beat Eastern Michigan. Utah State beat Oregon State, and Louisiana beat Marshall. Andrew, there really aren't very many big games coming up, but again, Andrew, we just got to talk about the college football playoffs. Now, Andrew, we'll still have a lot more time to talk about the college football playoffs, but Andrew, right now, which player do you think will end up looking the best after the college football playoffs are over? I mean, Ryan, one guy that I think we have to all be looking at, and that we aren't, is JT Daniels. The quarterback for Georgia. Ryan, I just feel like this is going to be a huge weekend for him. I just feel like people are talking about this Georgia defense and how important it is that they stop Hassan Haskins for Michigan. And you know what? Yeah, that's a huge storyline. Yeah, that is the at least the top five running back going up against a top five defense in college football, possibly number one running back versus number one defense. But Ryan... On the offensive side for Georgia, I want to see how JT Daniels does with Aiden Hutchinson bearing down on him. I just really want to see how he reacts when he sees this Michigan defense. Because don't get me wrong, the Georgia defense is still very superior. But Georgia, they've won by basically their defense tearing the other team's offense apart. Giving them maybe one, two touchdowns. So he only has to throw for maybe 202. And then... The defense will do the rest. But Ryan, when the other team has a such phenomenal offense, he's really got to come alive. He's really got to have a good game, which is going to be challenging since the other team, oh my God, Michigan's talented. But you know what? He's got to play a good game, and I think he will, and I think Georgia is going to take this home. Ryan, tell me, 
Are you at all concerned with Alabama, with this amazing Cincinnati team who hasn't lost one game this year, who's had their eyes set on a national championship, when Alabama this year had their eyes really just on making it to the playoffs and not having a terrible season? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, I kind of see what you're saying, but again, this is Alabama we're talking about. They seem immune to anything. When they're losing to Auburn and they're down by six, Auburn has the ball with one minute left and they have a 99% chance to lose. I didn't count them out for one second and I'm guessing a lot of other people didn't either. They were playing Georgia. If you would have told me that the number one seed in the country was playing the number one five, was playing the number five seed in the country and the number five seed had over a 70% chance to win, that's not normal. This is Alabama. Now, you might say, Ryan, why do you keep talking about Alabama? It's because they're a dynasty. This team has everyone. I just want, I wish I could send you a graphic of all the NFL players they have in the league right now. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, Damian Harris, Jalen Hurts. I mean, there's Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. There's so many more I'm forgetting right now. Devontae Smith, Christian Derrissaw. I mean, Jedrick Wills, there's so many guys that they put in in the NFL. And not just in the NFL. Just, they have so many good players. They have all of the talent. You look at a team like Michigan. They have one or two five-star players. You look at a team like Alabama. They have them all across the offense. All across the offensive line. All across the backups. Andrew, this team just has everything. I really don't see a way that they don't win this national championship right now. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. You're a good team, but I just don't see it. Andrew, let's move on to college basketball. Andrew, again, we see the number one seed this year is still undefeated Baylor. Now, Andrew, Baylor, the problem for them is they aren't going to have a lot of tough wins. So the problem is this team is going to have to win almost every single game. Do you think they'll be able to win every single game? Or do you think they'll need some help from other teams? I mean, Ryan, I feel like this team, they're not going to win every game. They're, not, they're definitely not going to win every game. I told Kimby Rock, Gonzaga did do it last year. And they did it all the way until the national championship when, obviously, they lost to Baylor. But I just feel like, especially what we saw last year and this year, where so many number one teams, they go, oh, my God, we're the number one seed. Oh, my God. Oh, and then they lose. And that has just happened so much in the past three years. And, yes, Gonzaga, they survived last year. They survived all the way to that final game where they lost. But especially for Baylor, I just don't see that happening. But I... I am excited to see this Baylor team and see if they can survive and see if they can stand the test of being that number one seed and not losing a single game. Should be very interesting. Ryan, let's move on to some Minnesota Vikings football. Ryan, last week, the Vikings, we had a pretty important game. Ryan, what happened? Well, Andrew, last week in our podcast, we had already talked about our win over the Steelers which was a very good win. And since then, we haven't had a game. But Andrew, today, the Vikings have a very important game as we have a game against our bitter rivals, the Bears. Now, now Andrew, we actually play tomorrow night against the Bears. Thank you for reminding me. But Andrew, both teams are struggling a lot with COVID. So a lot of players will be out for both teams. Vikings will be missing backup running back Alexander Madison, a couple of defensive players as we also release our second-best cornerback on the team in Rashad Breeland. And, Andrew, for the Bears, on their side, they have a couple of defensive players missing, some of their best, really. And they're also missing their number one wide receiver and their backup quarterback and their third-string running back. Andrew, the question becomes, which team is going to win this game? 
and which team is going to be able to take home the W. Andrew, I'm leaning towards the Vikings right now, but it feels like every single week, we think the Vikings are going to win or lose by a lot, and every single week, it comes down to the final play, the final drive. And if it's the final drive, I think the Vikings have a lot better chance to do it. But Andrew, again, a friend for the Vikings, again this week, are missing Adam Thielen, who's our Pro Bowl wide receiver, and we're going to have to start K.J. Osborne. Now, K.J. Osborne isn't the worst, but it's like going from Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison. Is Madison the worst option? No, he's not. But would we much prefer to have Dalvin Cook? Oh, yes, we would. Hopefully, the Vikings don't have to pass the ball that much, and that they'll be able to get an early lead and just be able to run the ball most of the game. But I don't know if that's really going to be able to happen that well. Andrew, the key for the Vikings is just to take it one week at a time. As Andrew was saying earlier in the podcast, Vikings have three games, four games left. The Bears, the Rams, the Packers, and then the Bears. Andrew, it seems like we have to win two. I'm not saying we have to win three or four, but if we want to make the playoffs, we have to win at least two. If we win three, I like our chances. But as Andrew was talking about earlier in the podcast, the Washington football team and the Eagles, they could easily go three and one, and nobody would be surprised. If the Vikings went three and one, I would be absolutely shocked. But again, two and two is the bare minimum. Three and one would be amazing, and four and oh would be an absolute miracle. If we go four and oh, we're guaranteed to make the playoffs. I guarantee you, if we go four and oh, we will make the playoffs. Andrew, what do you think the Vikings have to do to win this game tomorrow night? I mean, right, a big thing is just not beating ourselves. I feel like so much of this NFL season for the Vikings, we've beaten ourselves. And the other team has said, you know what? We're going to put the ball in your hands. We're going to give you a 60% chance to win. And let's see if you can do it. And the Vikings have said, you know what? Thank you for that. But we don't want this one. We're going to give you this win out of the goodness of our hearts. And Ron, I don't know exactly what's going on. But that's what kind of it feels like. It's the other team is giving us an opportunity to put the game away, to end it here and now, to say, you know what? Game over. Right now, no one is going to have another chance. But then we just don't do it. We say, oh, hey, do you guys want a 60% chance to win? Because we want to take the chance. And then they say, if you're giving us even a 5% chance to win, we're going to take it. We're going to take it, and we're going to ride with it, and we're going to win with it. And the Vikings... I just feel like we don't do that. Anytime the game is close, I just feel like we let it slip away. And we don't bury them fast enough. Now, a big thing in this game, in my opinion, is putting the Bears away. Don't let them hang around. If the score is 21-0 at halftime, don't let it be 21-7. Don't let it be 21-14. Have it be 28-0. Have it be 35-0. Keep on piling on the points and don't let up no matter what. And just about if they get a big play down to the five or whatever. Don't let up. Don't just let the easy touchdown force the field goal, force the interception, whatever. Just the Vikings have to not let up. Keep on fighting the whole time because every single game, we're winning. We're winning, but then we just let up the lead. Man, this game is huge for us, and we definitely have to win this in my opinion. Man, let's go and talk about the Timberwolves a little. Man, the Timberwolves have been doing pretty well. Man, we had three recent wins against the Blazers, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. Right? Those are some good Western Catholic teams who are very important to win and could face a lot later in the season. Man, we're only less than two games 
back of the five seed. And right now, we're the number nine seed, right? With the playing tournament, 10 teams get into the playoffs. Two-thirds of the teams in our conference will get into the playoffs. All right? I know this is an incredibly low bar. But tell me if you disagree with this. But I would be super happy if the Vikings even are a top 10 seed at the end of the season. I just feel like, don't get me wrong, the playing tournament is kind of dumb, and it gives you a really high chance to be sent home. But Ryan, if you're a 9 seed, the 8 seed, or the 7 seed, you would have to lose two straights to even be eliminated. And Ryan, don't get me wrong, it would be terrible if we lost those two straights. But you know what? To me, it doesn't even matter. Because that's two whole playoff games. Ryan... I just feel like the Timberwolves team, we have to get a top 10 seed. Like, in, yes, Anthony Edwards does is in code protocols right now. And yes, D'Angelo Russell was out for about two weeks. But right, if we stay relatively healthy, there's no excuse for not at least being top 10 in the conference. There are easily five worse teams than us when we are fully healthy. And I just feel like we have to make a huge change if we are not in that top 10 seed. Rod, tell me, would you be okay with not making the playoffs if we got a top five pick? Or is it playoffs or nothing this year for you? Yeah, I mean, Andrew, I feel like it's definitely kind of both. I mean, again, if we are fully healthy and we aren't one of the, and we aren't in the top two thirds, then again, as you were saying, Andrew, I feel like that's not good enough. Don't get me wrong. Are we contending for a championship? No, we don't have three guaranteed all-stars like some teams do but we should have at least a top 10 seed in the conference if we don't that's just a little bit embarrassing but again if we get if we are unhealthy and a lot of our guys get injured and we don't make it that's fine if you're saying Carl Anthony Towns and a team of a couple of decent guys are bottom five that's fine I'm I don't need Carl Anthony Towns to be the MVP all I'm asking is that if we have three borderline all-stars, I would like us to be in the playoff tournament. Now, if we don't, I guess, fine. We need maybe one or two more years. But, okay, the clock is ticking. Carl Anthony Towns isn't a rookie anymore. He's what, Andrew? In his sixth, seventh year? Sixth. Sixth year? D'Angelo Russell. We know he's not that young anymore. He's around the same age as Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards, he is very young still. But, again... It's not about having one guy. It's about having a lot of good guys at the same time. Now, I feel like the window is very slowly, but still closing. Steadily, yet slowly, closing, and we need to capitalize this year. Again, by capitalize, I don't mean win the playoff. I don't mean win the championship. I'm not saying we need to do that. I'm just saying make the playoffs, get us a little bit of rep. And again, Andrew, when you look at how, why will that matter? Not only will that help the fans, not only will it get... Not only will that get the team some more money, but also, Andrew, it could really help you convince some free agents to come to us. I mean, be honest with me. If you're a free agent and you see one team that's the worst team in the league and they don't really look like they're trying, you aren't going to go to them. But if you see a team like the Timberwolves, who has a lot of young talent, a lot of good guys for a nice atmosphere, and they're the 9 or 8 seed, better things to come, that is a team you want to be on. I feel like that is what we've got to do. And that is what we want to have happen. That's what kind of happened with some of the guys we were able to sign a free agency in past years when we're a decent team and we have young talent and we look like we're looking up. People want to be a part of that. That is what we need to sell to people 
who are considering what team to go to. Andrew, anything else you'd like to say on the Timberwolves before we move on? Ryan, I just really hope that at least by the All-Star break, we're a top 10 seed. Now, don't get me wrong, that literally means nothing, because it is a little farther than halfway to the year, but still, I don't know, going to be interesting. Ryan, we have to look forward to the rest of the season for the Timberwolves. To be honest, I'm really excited to see what we can do and what we do when we are healthy. But Ryan, let's get to the birthday of the day. Ryan, today the birthday of the day is Kevin McHale. Ryan, Kevin McHale was a part of one of the greatest teams in NBA history on the Celtics from about 1980 till roughly 1988 was the last year that they were really all together. Ryan, the Celtics were not a very aggressive team. And they played the Lakers a lot, who were a very aggressive team with Magic Johnson, James Worthy, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Ryan, one day, when the Celtics were playing the Lakers, Larry Bird, who was obviously the Celtics' amazing small forward, went out to Kevin McHale, and he said, you gotta be more aggressive. Or Ryan is telling me it was Danny Ainge who told him, who told Kevin McHale, he said, Kevin, you gotta be way more aggressive. You gotta let the other team know that you, that this team has gotta be more aggressive. This entire team, we got to work harder, and we gotta show them that we are going to be very physical with them. So, when the Lakers were playing the Celtics, and uh, Lakers power forward, Kurt Rambis, went on the baseline to go for a lay-in, Kevin McHale went by, and he slapped him in the face. Right, they caught clotheslining someone when Kevin McHale went by and just slapped Kurt Rambis in the face. And Kevin McHale, he was a really nice guy. He was a really nice NBA player. This was super unlike him. So Kurt Ramos got up. It looked like he was about to throw a punch at Kevin McHale. But you know what? It was just a normal foul on Kevin McHale. He wasn't ejected or suspended or fined like they are today. But you know what? Just a foul. And Kevin McHale, that is probably the last time he ever listens to his teammate when saying that his team has to be more aggressive. So just remember, understand what people are saying. Don't do anything irrational. And even people watch you be more physical. Just being nice is always better. Happy birthday, Kevin McHale. Maybe understand more next time. Ryan, that concludes this podcast. Ryan, anything else you want to tell us about what's going on outside in the sports world? Yes, well, Andrew, there was a big fight last night. As, don't worry, it wasn't in a sports game. But it was between Tyson Woodley and Jake Paul. Andrew, Er, no, between Darren Williams and Frank Gore. Now, Andrew, Darren Williams, for if you might remember, was an NBA player just a couple of years back, and Frank Gore was an NFL player just a few years back. Andrew, this actually happened. Super, super weird. And I guess Darren Williams won somehow. Again, this is a former NBA player versus a former NFL player in an all-out boxing match. Super, super weird. And even weirder, Jake Paul, who is an influencer, fought Tyson Woodley, who is a professional boxer, and apparently Jake Paul won the fight. This is absolute chaos. But Andrew, again, breaking news out of the NBA. And even Andrew doesn't know this news yet, so he should listen in. Andrew, the Hawks, Trey Young, now is also in COVID protocols and will miss tonight's game and probably future games. Andrew, again, the NBA and NFL absolutely reeling with the coronavirus. They are desperately trying to get it under control 
as the NFL might be doing a little bit better as their season is coming to an end. But the NFL, again, as I said, has almost 200 players who are exposed to someone with COVID or have COVID currently, which is a huge problem. Andrew, anything else you'd like to say before we end? Ryan, the bowl games are coming up. I cannot wait to watch, especially these super high-profile ones. Next week, we'll still be able to talk about the college football playoffs, but going to be super interesting. Ryan and the NBA will have to see top teams keep where they are, or maybe there's some teams that are going to stay as the three or four seeds and surprise us all. Ryan, next week, even more news. Next week on Twin Talk MN.